Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. We have been talking about, over the course of months, really, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And over this week, we've looked at the scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And how much it would change our life to actually do what God says. Because it is so easy for us as Christians, so easy for the world. For some reason, our mind wants to accentuate the negative. Somebody says something mean to us or rude to us, and, and that kind of ruins our whole day. Things don't go the way we want them to go, and that kind of ruins our whole day. Somebody cut, I've known people, somebody will cut them off in traffic, and man, that ruins their whole day. That's all they can talk about all day is how somebody cut them off in traffic. And the Bible tells us whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, think on these things. I'd like to say God was the original positive thinker. We hear so much today positive thinking. Anthony Robbins, you know, I think he's kind of reached his crest and is kind of going downhill. But, you know, 15 years ago, it was everything was Anthony Robbins this and Anthony yeah, I, Robbins that. I have that. some of his materials as well. <laughs> and there's just so many people over the course of time have talked about positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, all that stuff. I like to say God was the original positive thinker. He does not say here, finally, brothers, whatever's bad... Whatever's untrue, whatever's ugly, whatever's not good, think on these things. He says the opposite. He says whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. So when we do that, we're not just talking pie in the sky. We're not just talking bury your hand, head in the sand and pretend nothing's wrong. Are there problems in the world? You bet. Are there going to be problems in your life? You bet. But God says, whatever's good, think on that. Whatever's pure, think on that. Whatever's true, think on that. So in our relationships with people, whatever's good about that person, think about that. 
Whatever is true about that person, whatever is pure about that person, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy about that person, think about that. When things are going on in your life, you could have hundreds of good things going on in your life and one bad. And how often do we hear people talk about that one bad thing that's going on in their life and they can't seem to get past it and they wake up in the morning and they're worried about that thing they go to bed at night, they're worried about that thing. And all day in between, they're worried about that thing. Never, ever thinking about the good things that are happening in their life, the true things that are happening in their life. I, I read a thing one day where it's easy to complain that I had to park way out from the store. But they said, instead, what you ought to be is thankful you had a car that you could drive to the store. It's easy to complain about, man, I got to wash dishes after dinner. Instead of thinking, man, I'm fortunate to have a place to have dinner and have dishes to eat it on. And to, to think about, man, I got to mow the lawn again. Instead of being thankful how fortunate you are that you have a place that has a lawn. Right, right, right. I mean, there's just so much of our life that that we see it the reverse of the way we should see it. We see the negative aspect of it rather than the positive. And God says to do exactly the opposite. He says, whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, think on those and things. You know, Richard, God knows best. Father, I like to say Father knows best. And, and in Proverbs, it says, as a man think it or believes in his heart, so is he. And, and that's why God gives us the instruction to think on what sort of things are good, praiseworthy of a good report. Because he understands that's how humans, we were made to operate like that because i said it once said it twice we're always going to move towards our most dominant thoughts that's the direction we're going to move so god said think on this well uh, then again that's the direction you're going to move so and we know in the natural if i think on something negative that's the direction i'm move my emotions if i think on something positive i'll move in that direction and again he's telling us Okay, now that you're in the kingdom, don't be conformed to this world. The world tells you to focus on the negative and complain about it. And we know the children of Israel did the same thing. They focused on the negative, and they just overlooked all the positive stuff God had been doing for them. First, delivering them out of Egypt, parting the Red Sea. Actually, as they left out of Egypt, they left with everybody's jewelry, the Egyptian stuff. That was it was all good. They didn't even focus on that because we know later on they used that jury to, to mold the golden calf. And again, where do slaves get gold from? God set it up for their captives to not let them leave broke. They had to pay for the time that they were slaves. So anyway, but then the Red Sea and then, you know, manna and then they wanted some meat and quail fell and just the shade and, and the fire and, and just God provided he gave them because there wasn't no Walmarts or Kmarts in the wilderness. They'd even get sick. There were no in-low hospitals in the wilderness. God, he said they clothes didn't even wear out for 40 years. The shoes didn't. So, but they still complained, and they still focused on the negative, what we don't have. And oh, then they man, whined about it. We need it. meat. Right. We, but know, everything, this, they whined about it. just keeps coming down from heaven, but we, we need, need some meat. meat now. But they whined about it. And we're the same today. And again, all those scriptures are there for our spiritual enrichment and edification. We're, we can be like that today instead of being thankful for what God has done. And the scripture says, this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. So he's telling us, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And then I like the latter part, Richard. It says that you may prove what that good and perfect and acceptable will of the Lord is. He said it's going to be proved in your life. Not only that, other people are going to see how you respond to adversity, how you respond actually to life. Like you said, you can start it off in the morning. Somebody mess you off in traffic. Well, how are you going to respond? With a middle finger or with a, I wave now. <laughs> and, and again, because I'm having understanding and I'm practicing what I'm learning. The scripture talks about, and I believe First Peter, about practicing righteousness. We have to practice mind renewal. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be mindful, okay, this is how I respond. This is how we respond in the kingdom. So you have to be mindful, and life is going to give you an opportunity every day to practice what you claim you believe and what, and that you're a kingdom citizen. You're right, give events it. are going to happen every single day. Every I day, mean, throughout some, the day. So, somebody is going to cut you off in traffic sooner or later. Somebody, somebody is going to say something mean or nasty or rude to you happens sooner or all later. all every day, and God knows this, so he says... Okay, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So we just, we have to start just practicing what we're learning. And again, concerning needs being met, we reference the scripture in Philippians, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, you got to start declaring what he said about, that's another mind renewal. I say, the Bible says in Corinthians, we believe, therefore we speak. So we believe God's word. We got to first, this is elementary. You got to start learning how to control your speech. That's elementary for the Christian. And I know they don't get well, to learn James that. talks about the tongue. Right, right. Well, that's elementary. That's why he talks about it. That's the first thing we learn to say, not woe me, but praise the Lord. <laughs> we have to start acknowledging him and what he said. Because death and life is still in the power of the tongue. You're going to have whatever you say. So if I say I'm the... The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if I keep saying what he says I have and what he says I can do, I'm going to move that direction. But if I keep saying what the devil wants me to say and being conformed to this world, I'm going to be moved that direction. But we're in the kingdom of God now, so we have to not just be hearers of the words only, but doers. And again, that starts with our speech. And it starts, it, it's every single day. And it's not always big things. You can get up in the morning and you say, man, it's supposed to be 107 today. 107. Man, that's so stinking hot, I can't believe it. This is going to be a lousy day outside because it's going to be 107. And start off with a negative, this is going to be a lousy day well, because it's going to be 107. Because you just told yourself that. And right? you know what? You're going to believe whatever you say. And you can, can get up in the morning and say, man, it's raining, it's cold, it's miserable. This is going to be a miserable day out there today. And start off with... This is going to be a miserable day, and guess what? Chances are good. If you tell yourself all day long it's going to be a miserable day, it's going to be a miserable day. Or I can say this is, I can start my day off with this is, with a declaration like this is the day that the and Lord has made. And be glad, be glad in, it. in it. And now i got to continue to remember what I said this morning and, and walk that on out. Because right. now when you make that declaration, Satan's going to, you know, he's the accuser of the brother. He's going to bring all type of situations and circumstances in your life to make you get off of the declaration of this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm supposed to be rejoicing. So now you got to be mindful of how he works. So you, we do have an adversary called the devil, and his job is, Jesus made it very specific, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy, and he especially wants to destroy your faith, your faith in God, meaning to keep you from being a doer and a hearer, a hearer and a doer. He wants you to just be able to hear it, and that's it, but don't do it. But God wants you to act it out, because in the 
as you say, as we go through our day, something's going to happen. And you're going to have the choice to make a decision. How are you going to respond? How are you going to react? Are you going to react like God or like sinful man? <laughs> so this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to respond the way he desires us to respond. Because again, it still boils down to do we want to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh? Do we want to do what's pleasing to God? And again, as we're growing in our relationship with God, shoot, even with our spouses, we want to make them happy. It's all about relationship in the kingdom. We were talking about that earlier before the broadcast. If you're in covenant relationship with somebody, your job is to be in covenant. <laughs> you know, you want to please that person you're in covenant with. You don't want to always have ought. But the Bible tells us about, you know, forgiving each other quickly. Because it's about relationship. And as we are pleasing to the Father, remember Jesus said, I was sick and in prison and you didn't come and visit me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. He was really saying we're in relationship and I ask you to do certain things. You're not fulfilling your part. And again, we know Jesus fulfilled his by going to the Calvary because he said it is finished. <laughs> he did his. Now, all we have to do now to walk in the fullness is, is do our part. You know, you talk about whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's and you talk about the devil coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. A couple of nights ago, I'm at a meeting where I was really felt God had called me to, to do something. And a person there said they had a word of the Lord. And I was described as Nehemiah come to rebuild the wall. And it just kind of reconfirmed in my mind that God had wanted me to do this thing. And I really felt good about it. I get up the next morning, I'm thinking about it still, and I'm really feeling good about it. About two hours later, I get some really bad news. <laughs> and it would have been so easy to have a bad day, to say, man, this just stinks. I can't believe, why would this happen now? And just to think about that. I mean, that's kind of our human nature. The one is, why why did, why did, would this happen now? And you know what kind of dawned on me? And what really brought me back on track was, that's the devil. He didn't like what happened last night. So he's going to try and do something <laughs> to knock me off the mark here. To knock me yeah. off of my faith. And so he's going to do everything he can at this point. And as soon as I realized that, and I'm sure it came from the Spirit, it was like, okay. If he really doesn't like this that much, well, this is going to be a good thing. <laughs> well, that's we were talking the other day before the broadcast, and you were just talking about my situation. And that's what the Lord showed me. You know, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. And the Bible also tells us don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Meaning Satan has all these little plots and plans and schemes to abort the purpose of God being fulfilled in our lives. That's what that's what and he's going to throw everything at you and the kitchen sink. But because he knows God has a plan and a purpose and God has great things for you to do. So his job is to try to abort that. Just like us, when we first started the ministry, what happened, happened. And I'm saying like you, wow, why does this have to <laughs> right now? Jeez, well, Satan can literally look into our future, too, and see what God has planned for us. And I'm going to prove that because he tried to get Jesus to bow down and worship him and eventually not go to Calvary. 
that's what he was really trying to abort. So he's like, Jesus, you make this deal with me right now. We can miss Calvary and the whole nine and boom. And all this will be yours. Jesus said, like, no, I know I have an assignment. And my job, scripture says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So we have to resist his influence. We have to resist the thing, his tactics. And we have to... We resist them by submitting to the word of God because that's what he does. Yeah, he get us and, off course. More and more, I tell people, if you really feel like God wants you to do something and then bad things start happening to you, right. you really need to start doing what it is you feel God wants you to do because if the devil hates it that bad that he's spending that much energy Dude. trying to get you off of it, then you really need to be doing whatever it is. And, and that's why the Bible instructs us in Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be fighting. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against Satan and his hordes, which they're already defeated. They're like a dog with no teeth just barking. He wants to try to get you off course, and you throw in the white flag. But our job is to continue in the faith, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the hope. That's what we're supposed to do, especially we, when we understand God's called us and predestined and purposed us to do something. We got to press. The devil's not going to let you do that. And I know this by this example. When Jesus and the disciples was going over to the other side to set free the, what was referred to as the Gazarene demoniac. They were going on a boat on their way there. And I know the father instructed Jesus to go over there. On their way over there, guess what happened? That's when the winds. Right. That's when the storm came. Who you think sent those winds and those storms? It wasn't God. Because he instructed them to go over there. It was the devil. And the devil, you know, he has some power. He ain't got much as we got, but he still has a little. So he conjured up that storm. He conjured up them winds. But Jesus, knowing who he was, did what? Rebuked it and, and kept on going over there. And then they went over there and set that boy free. He was so messed up. They had him chained up. <laughs> and he was cutting himself up with stones. He was bound. But he got set free. That was an assignment. Jesus' assignment. See, we all have assignments. And if we don't keep our mind fixed and focused on God through his word, Jesus is the living word, we won't fulfill the plan and purpose, the assignment that God has for us. We get so caught up on our little thing. Well, you get focused on that and don't be focused on Jesus. And we get caught up in our own comfort and right. everything going smooth for us right. and everything working out the way we want it to work out. Mm -hmm. And if something's not, then it's easy to want to give up. It's easy to say, you know what, I, th this isn't working. Well, back to the children of Israel. God was taking them somewhere. I mean, when they're standing, <laughs> I, I get the real idea from them. When they're standing there in front of the Red Sea and here comes Pharaoh, at that point, if they could have, they'd have said, let's go back. Yeah. If the sea wouldn't open, they'd have surrendered we're, right we're there. Ready to go back. Sorry, Pharaoh. Whatever we apologize. We do, we'll we're, work <laughs> yeah, we twice apologize. as hard. But no, but God was taking them somewhere. He's, taking, he's always taking his people somewhere. The Bible says the Lord is doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? He's always taking his people somewhere. God desires to fill purpose and destiny. So he's always taking, he was taking them to the promised land. Yes, we know on the way they had a lot of battles they had to fight. But God said, I'm with you, but you still need to go forth. And a lot of them complained. They even said, we can't take it, man. Too many giants in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too big. That is a land flowing with milk and honey. It does. Here's the grapefruit. Here's the fruit. But there's giants there. And, and we look like grasshoppers we're got, in our own size. <laughs> yes. And that's what we do today. We still look at us, but we don't look at greater as he that's in us than he that's in the world. We still have the promises of God that we lay hold to by faith. 
that's what's going to give us the victory. And again, it's back to being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I tell people that's one of the main keys to the kingdom of God. After you get saved, baptized, you're now on a journey for mind renewal, transformation. That's why they were in the wilderness. Remember, these were slaves. You can really take slaves into the promised land. It's like we know this in the natural. Some guy that's been broke all his life hits the lottery. If he ain't got a mind renewal or some financial counsel, he'll be broke by next week. <laughs> right. I mean, it happens all the time. Right. It happens all the time. And God knew that with these guys. They've been slaves for 400 years. They think like slaves. They don't think like millionaires. They don't. But he was taking them into a land that flows with milk and honey. A land, he said, going to have plenty. You'll eat in plenty, and y'all ain't going to have to worry about being slaves no more. But I got a little pit stop for you in the wilderness. I got to transform you by the renewing of your mind. I got to have you think like this. Think like millionaires, because that's where you're going. I got to root Egypt up out of you. Yeah, y'all came up out of Egypt. Now I got to get Egypt out of you. And that's how he is with us. He wants to get that world program demonic thinking. I call it stinking thinking. God wants to uproot that out of us. And a lot of us, we're so comfortable with it, we, we want to keep that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just what we know. That's just how I am. Right. I'm just realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And God says, no, well, I'm faithless. Well, you know, I'll show you, show you how, how God is. And, you know, I t yesterday's when this thing happened, and I was kind of feeling a little low for a minute. And then I realized, you know what? You should have called me. This, I'd have ignited your faith on fire. It, it, didn't take, it didn't take long enough to make a call. <laughs> anyway, so then it dawns on me, you know, this is what's going on. Last night, I am walking by, I've got a pile of books on my coffee table to read. And I've got one that's been sitting there for a couple of months while I wait to read it. And I'm walking by it last night, and I pick it up, and I open it up. And the first thing I look at, it says, God is arranging the funding that you need and the people you See? need to make this happen. <laughs> There you and go. I uh, had to go in and show my wife. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was the most incredible thing. Right where I opened it up, I'd never looked at well, the see, book. Well, see, remember God, God takes is the, arranging the funding that you need. The scripture says in Corinthians, he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. God, I have a word for you. I've done that. You know, we're driving around. God, give me a word. You look up, there's a sign with a message on it. And that's all that was, was a message from God to you. And all you had to do was like what you did when it shows your wife. You basically said, I received that. You basically declared, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Right, God's I already meet. working. I right, right. And I don't even know who the people are. I don't need to know who you the people gotta are. You don't got to know. And that's what we want to do. We want to kind of analyze and, and, and rationalize how God's going to do it. That ain't our job. It wasn't the children of Israel's job to figure out how God was going to get them from being caught by Pharaoh. God knew how he was going to do it. They didn't know. They got led right to the Red Sea. He didn't tell them. To, he didn't tell Moses to figure it out. He says, Moses, I just want to give you some instruction. Right. Just follow uh, where I tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. When I tell you to strike the rock and speak to it, that's what, all I want you to do. It's about instruction. Again, it's being open to the supernatural. Again, that was supernatural right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I opened this up and I looked down, and it was literally the first paragraph I look at. It was a word from God, the Lord. God is arranging the funding that you need. Right. Made, it's a know? word from it's God. Like, and, God, and that's why he, we, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your way. Lean not to your own understanding, Proverbs 3, 5. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Right. See, because I could have laid awake at night thinking, Han, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Who, who am I going to get to help with this? Who, 
Who do I know that knows how to do this? Who do I know who knows how to do that? Where will I get the money for that? And God just said to me, you know I'm, what? I'm taking care of all that this stuff. This is what I learned, Richard, and I'm learning more. Where there's vision, there's provision. If God's giving you a vision to accomplish something, he's going to provide the provision. Remember? And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Over in Corinthians, and God will make all grace abound towards to me that I may have all sufficiency in all things that I may abound or have an abundance for every good work. God's going to supply. Well, he's really going to supply as we start seeing him as our source, not Pharaoh. Remember back to the children of Israel they, for 400 years, they saw Pharaoh as their source. And God had to get them in the wilderness, transform them by the renewing of mind and let him reveal to him them that I'm your source now. I'm going to provide food for you. I'm going to provide shade. I'm going to do this. That's what he was doing. He was renewing their mind to, no, it's about me. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. I'm the one. I'm Jehovah Jireh. That means provider. Right. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I I'm your healer. Remember the snake on the, what you call it? That's the symbol for medical. It wasn't no in low hospitals in the wilderness. God kept them healthy. Um, he told them, look, look up on the snake on the stick or something. That's where your healing is going to come from. Yeah. He didn't, uh, he didn't anoint one of them to be a doctor. <laughs> I'm your healer. And again, we seem to forget that. We didn't put our faith in ourselves or in man. And he says, no. Be you transformed out of renewing well, your we mind. We see that all over the place in, in politics. In, it's everywhere. Of things where people put their faith in the U.N., put their faith in the president. Boy, if the U.N. could just get its act together, you know, this Israel-Palestinian thing would come to an end. And, no. You know, people tend to think that's where all the answers are. And it's they back forget to, that it's about I think God. that's First Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and pray, seek me, turn from their wicked ways. He's saying, seek, back to seek ye first the kingdom. Seek me, seek my way of doing things, and then you'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. He didn't say nothing about no, he didn't put no politicians in there. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's at the conclusion of a part where he's talking about do not worry. Mm -hmm. Because it's so easy for us to worry. And it doesn't have to be a big thing like Israel and Palestine. It can be something smaller in our own life that we're worried about, that we've taken our eyes off the fact that God will be the one who provides. God will be the one who takes care of us. And we start to think once again that it's us, that I have to figure this and, out. And I, I was, have to know what to do. I was just thinking about that this morning. There's a sister in Christ I know. I go over to her house. Every time you see her, you ask her how she's doing. She said, oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But every time I talk to her a little in-depth, she starts talking about, I don't know how I'm going to get all these bills paid. She starts talking about her finances constantly. I'm like, well, that's contrary. You've been declaring you're blessed. But then you go over here. I guess you're so blessed but you're not blessed in the area of believing God to meet your needs. Because she, she'll talk more about those bills than about how blessed she is. And to me, blessed means empowered to prosper and succeed. It's the power of God that overrides the curse. And anyway, with that said, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you continue to go through this week, keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.